This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Before you get stuck into your podcast, I'm Jonathan Agnew talking you through a very new mini-series hitting Test Match Special. It's called Project Ashes. Over the last year, I've been speaking to the people who are in charge of England's attempts to win down under. It's loud. They let you know that they don't like you. Got to try and embrace it if you can. We're under no illusions. You know, in our last 10 tests, we're 9-0 down. England have only won once in Australia in the last 34 years. But could that change this winter? And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes, who hammers it for four! Come up against this baggy green thing that they keep talking about, and I'd love to, you know, stick one up on. This is Project Ashes. Listen on BBC Sounds. Now, back to your podcast. Guys, this is your warning. We do swear occasionally. Every now and then, we'll say the word. Sometimes. Sometimes. And even maybe. But don't let that put you off. We're nice people. We beep them out. So your kids can listen. (laughs) Enjoy. Cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley bowls down the track, comes scoring. This time, Chicken X. It's either six or out. It's six. Hello, and welcome back to No Balls, a cricket podcast with me, Alex Hartley, full of a cold, so my sound slightly different than you, Kate Cross. Hi. Now, I'm going to put it out there before this. we get deep into this podcast. Your Wi-Fi is rubbish. I didn't hear a word of that. Yeah, so that's exactly what I just said. <laughs> I literally, the no, Zoom went quiet. I didn't hear a thing. What did you say? I literally just said, before this podcast gets started, I'm going to put it out there, Crossy's Wi-Fi's crap. Oh, <laughs> oh good timing. Good timing. I thought you were going to put it out there that you've been poorly because... I mean, it was the first thing that you mentioned, but you, you're a bit rough, aren't you? You've been in bed for three days. You've just recovered from a, a nosebleed that you've wiped all over your nice new jumper. Honestly, you've given me this nice, lovely jumper. And because you, when you've got a cold and you're like blowing your nose 24-7, sometimes you just do a little sleeve wipe, don't you? So yeah, I did a little sleeve wipe. <laughs> Blood. Oh, God. Maybe it's because <laughs> you've been horizontal for three days and now that it's just falling out of your nose because you're vertical again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. So I'm having a shock. I'm coaching at five o'clock as well. I'm going to have to wear a hazmat suit. Oh, gosh. Um, so we've actually barely spoke for a week. So this is our, um, we're using this podcast episode as our catch up, aren't we? We've, since I've been in No Man, which I actually didn't tell anyone about, anyone about on the podcast, but I'm in No Man now on a training camp for two weeks. Um, you just we've went. just not spoke. Yeah, just, just went. Kind of got a bit sprung on us. It was a bit of a surprise. But yeah, we haven't spoke. So I actually texted the other day being like, honey, like, where are you? Do you hate me? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it's been nice. <laughs> it's been nice to have a bit of time off my phone. <laughs> 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 bit of time away from the from the wife. <laughs> it's like one of them where you're like, oh, didn't take my phone with me to training. Right, whatever. No, I've actually, I've not been on the data out here. I've not been on the Wi-Fi much. So it's been, it's been a real nice, like my, my screen time's down to like two hours a day. It's absolute bliss. 
I wish mine was. Mine was like 23 hours yesterday. Because <laughs> you're poorly. Yeah, I know. Is it COVID, by the way? What, what's happening? It's not, it's not the vid. I did, I've done a couple of lateral flows. Um, oh, okay. Well, we, um, we're obviously out in Oman at the minute. We come back on Sunday and Boris has sprung this PCR on us, hasn't he? So we've all got to find a way of getting a PCR while we're over here. Oh, you've got to do it while you're there. I thought you have to do it when you get back. No, that was the original rule. And now we've got to do it two days before we fly. So Dr. Tam, thankfully, is out here and he's on the phone constantly trying to work out how we're going to do it. But otherwise, I might be in Oman for Christmas. Oh, how good would that be, though? Well, no, it wouldn't really because I'm not with anyone. (laughs) I'll come out. (laughs) All right, okay. Have you got... um, I've got something on my sticky note that I've worked out whilst I've been over here because I've been with the squad and we're obviously chatting, having dinner, that kind of thing. We've, I've worked something out that I think is a bit of um, a northern-southern divide. And we've oh, asked really? Henry, producer Henry, we've asked the most producer southern Henry bloke. to stay on the call. Here he is, he's popping up now. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, I'm, so, I'm not the most southern person because I'm from, like, Oxford, not, like... Cornwall, but I get what you're saying. Well, you're more you're more southern than us. I mean, isn't Blackpool um, more south than we are? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, for anyone that actually hasn't listened to the first fifty odd episodes of the pod that we did before we went on the BBC, Henry, you might sound like an unfamiliar unfamiliar voice to a lot of people because yeah, you, you you don't actually feature. You have featured. You've been a guest on the pod, but not since we've gone on to the Beeb. So. Welcome no. to Nobles. What can I say? It's always a joy and it's lovely to see your faces. It's one in the morning here. No, it's not. It's just gone midnight. I'm in Australia. You're in Amman. You're in Manchester, Alex. Yeah, I just am. south of just south of uh, Blackpool. Yeah, just south <laughs> of Blackpool, west of Guwahati and uh, <laughs> north of Cambodia, is it out? <laughs> this is the first human contact I've had for days. Let me off. <laughs> so, Emery, the reason that I want you here is because I've got a question to ask. Hmm? So we were talking the other night about animals because we went swimming. We were meant to go and see some dolphins on a boat trip and we didn't see any dolphins, but we got to go snorkeling. And Anya stumbled across um, a, an animal that has got a big hard shell on its back. And it has completely sparked debate in the group because the northerners say it one way and the southerners say it another way. And we needed a southern voice on this podcast. When when she was in the sea, she saw this. Yeah. She went what, snorkeling and like a turtle, but a tortoise. 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 No, what? So this is this. This is, this is what you've. This is what you've got me up at midnight to be dealing with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the southerners say tortoise, and all the northerners say tortoise. Yeah, tortoise like porpoise, like the thing a bit like a dolphin that you didn't see yesterday. Well, let's be honest, it's actually a turtle, isn't it? Yeah, well, that one was, but not the one we're talking about. Is it, this, no. is it the same animal? No. Shut In up. the same way as you joined me on commentary the other day and asked if the sun was a planet. Shut up. A t- turtle and a tortoise aren't the same animal. I've literally just learned that. One. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, no. my Wi-Fi was a bit bad then. I've missed a bit there. You thought the sun was a planet. I did question if the sun was a planet or not. Yep. Oh, good. Good, Godfrey. But it's a star. For anyone confused out there, it's a star. <laughs> Thanks, Brian Cox. 
<laughs> oh, my two-year-old niece knows it's a star. Oh, whatever. Anyway, back to the tortoise. Tortoise. How's it spelled? T-O-R-T-O-I-S-E. Tortoise. Okay. Yeah. So where do you, uh, what's that place where you go and train in the East Midlands Crossing? Loughborough. How's that spelled? L-O-U-G-H-B-O-R-O-U-G-H. Loughborough. Yeah. So, <laughs> Isn't it? If, if by your logic, if you're pronouncing everything how it's spelled. I think you should. Not having it. But where, why is it? Changed? Where has it changed? Like what for gap? This is a good question. So someone like a like a Brummy, who's a Brummy in your team? Georgia. She says tortoise. Oh. We need to go further south. Who have we got further mm. south? Why don't we? Why don't we open it up to our listeners and maybe try and find where it does change? Maybe let's work it out. Yeah. Nice. This is a little social experiment that we can do with all our free time that we've got at the minute. I have um. I have got something. While Henry's here, mm. shall we just talk about the ashes rather than turtles? Yes, yeah. because we wanted to have a official correspondent out in Australia, like Finney and Henry and Ellie Aldroyd. So yeah, let's talk to him about it. Have you seen Isha Goo are made of sand? Yes. No. Oh, okay. So part of the local TV coverage has got Isha. Uh, who else is it? Adam Gilchrist. I think Shane Warne. Their heads made of sand. And apparently Isha was saying, I had breakfast with Isha yesterday. They got someone to come around her house and scan her entire head so they could then make her out of sand. A bit like how they've done Mount Rushmore, but Shane Warne, Isha Gura and someone else, did you say? Gilchrist. Yeah, exactly that, basically. I've got a question about Ash's build-up. Mm. I saw recently, and I don't know whether to be concerned, Joe Root likened winning the Ashes to like eating a shepherd's pie. See, this is interesting, right? And I was really confused by this headline, but I spoke to Aggers, who's going to go on this podcast, by the way. He's really keen to. He is. He's dark. He's well up for it. Anyway, he was saying that he had a shepherd's pie making competition with Joe Root and Stuart Broad that was judged by Stuart Broad's mother, which sounds like the weirdest reality TV. As you do. As you do, right. Yeah. And... Joe Root won because apparently he put like Tabasco sauce in and that made it great or something. Sounds a bit like a, a budget bake-off. Yeah. And then apparently he described winning the Ashes would be like winning the Shepherd's Pie competition. And then that got like confused into being like winning the Ashes is like a Shepherd's Pie. Ah, oh. see, I thought he said it'd be like a Shepherd's Pie because he's is he from the north? Yeah, he plays for Yorkshire, so he'd be like, oh, I love a shepherd's pie. I thought, you know, when people really get the words and the sayings mixed up, I thought he thought it was like the cherry on top of the cake, but he said like it'd be like the, winning the shepherd's pie. I thought he just got himself so confused. Or he what, like the dog's That is the absolute shepherd's pie. <laughs> the absolute shepherd's pie. <laughs> Maybe it needs to become a thing, the shepherd's pie. Let's talk about the ashes. Let's stop this okay. terrible chat. Right. We were actually just talking about this this afternoon. I think it's going to be a close series. I think Australia aren't quite the powerhouse that they've always been. I think with Pat Cummins being captain, I think they're a bit underprepared because has he captained much? Well, so what he can do is just stare people out because he's got great eyes. Right. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, he's the world's best test bowler, but let's just stare at people instead. when he goes to do the toss, Joe Root's just going to be staring into his eyes and get put off. I don't know if it's just me, 
But I feel like the England boys are just talking differently about this Ashes series. It feels like they're more like fight. They're going to fight for this one. Not that they've ever not fought, but I don't know. Just the way they're talking about it, it seems like they're a bit more up for it. I feel like they've gone very Australia on Australia. Hmm. Like Australia, the Australians are always like, "We're going to win. We're up for the fight." I feel like England have gone very much that down that route. There's also something in the weather that is basically a guarantee that England are going to win. And that is El Nino, which is what is making all this weather really rubbish in Australia, which apparently starts in like Mexico and it causes bad weather in this part of the world. But in previous Ashes years, when this weather system has been in place, England have won more than they've lost. And when it's not like this, they basically lose every single time. So weather-wise, this is as good as it could be for England. It's 5-4 though, isn't it? With, with yeah, that weather, it's better than that one. It's five four, and the first one was in nineteen oh five. So we're clutching straws. Yeah, but ten eleven was one. That that was the last time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My question before we let you go, Henry, um, is Ben Stokes, is he or isn't he? Oh, I forgot about him. Playing that first Test match. He is. Yeah. Definitely. You reckon? He's playing because even he's... just as a batter, if he's not prepared with his bowling. I think I'm going to answer it myself quickly because Ben Stokes had this much time out of the team. Having him in the team allows you to play somebody else, so allows you to play a spinner. So I think Jack Leach has missed out on 20 test matches with Ben Stokes also have been missing. Yeah, I think they'll play him. I just think there's been too much hype around it as well. Like, you see, do you hear what Maya said as well? He said yesterday, he said to uh, Ellie that he still has nightmares about Headingley and Ben Stokes. And it's well, not his batting, it's his bowling. He's he's my, this generation of Flintoff for me. Like, he just makes things happen. He comes on and does things with the ball, does things with the bat, does things in the field as well. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be in the team to necessarily bowl 20 overs, but if you can get 10 or 11 out of him, then he's doing his job, isn't he? And then he can bat further down the order. How do you both feel about calling it the mashes and the washes? I'm good about it, actually. I'm really... You like it? Yeah. I'm really... The men's I'm, ashes, women's ashes, Al, she looks very confused. Mashes, men's ashes, and the washes, women's ashes. Right, hang on a second. Who the hell has come up with mashes and washes? Someone actually Instagrammed us, Al, saying that, yeah, how do we feel about it for the mashes? And I just thought it's quite quirky. No one else is doing it. A bit like the hat stacking that we've got going on. Before I, like get on board or don't get on board is this like something that cricket australia have come up with so i'm gonna have to hate it no it's not like the beat no. england thing okay because that yeah. beat england thing still gives me nightmares now first day we turned up for training i can't remember where we were now but i can literally remember we pulled up on these like golf buggies and all around on those like metal barriers that they have at cricket grounds to like herd you through into the stands there was just these pardon Fencing. Yes. The fences. You're welcome. <laughs> they just had hashtag beat England in like the yellow and the green and Elise Perry. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to me off. And it did. And they did though. They beat England. It worked. They did. Yeah. Well, I'm glad also, we're all in agreement on that then. Yeah, we are. I'm up for the, the mashes and the washes. Though um, the weather in Brisbane, it might, might be more the splashes. I'm going to write it on my sticky note. Have you got any like Ashes stories that really stick in your mind? Like 
any horror stories or any ones that you just think, yes, I played in an Ashes or, oh my God, that was the worst Ashes series ever? I've got, I've actually got a pretty cool one. Um, so I was lucky enough to make my debut at the Wacker, which is any fast bowler's absolute paradise. Um, and it was an incredible game. Henry, you'll remember it, won't you? Mm. I think Daggers was certainly commentating on it, but I remember um, everyone just basically saying how much of a, a game it was that ebbed and flowed and you never knew who was going to win literally until that last wicket or last run was scored. And we ended up winning it with half a day to spare. And my brother texted me and he said, whatever you do, he said, just go out, take a beer, just go sit on the bank for a bit and just take it all in. Cause he said, this will be one of the moments that you'll never forget in your career. And I was already on the bank at that moment with my beer. I just had to take myself off because everyone had, we'd sung the song in the dressing room and everyone was up and about and it was amazing. And I just had like got a bit overwhelmed and I had just went and sat outside and I'd turn my data on, which back then, you know, for wasn't getting paid to play cricket. It was like cost me about 45 quid, I think, to send that text to my brother. But I'd said like, oh, I've sent him a picture and I said, oh, I'm already here doing it. And I can still remember like exactly how I felt in that moment. So that's like my cool ashes story. That's a good one. I'm, I don't really like, you know what my memory's like. So I don't really like remember it a moment I just remember being at the test match and I was running drinks didn't get picked and my mum and dad like go psst ow I'm like look around I'm like yep yep mum this is boring we're leaving (laughs) (laughs) wasn't that when uh, you and Danny Hazel had said how funny it'd be if you were still there on day four and Elise Perry is 200 not out and she was 200 not out on day four yeah, we sat on the bench day one and Danny Hazel said, imagine if we're sat here and at least Perry's 200 not out. She got 200 not out. Well, I'm sure we're going to have more Ashes chat, sorry, or Mashes or Washes chat throughout this little period because we've got our very own correspondence over there. Um, but Henry, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Any time at all. Sleep well. Um, love you lots. Speak soon. Bye. Right. Can we quickly do a sticky note before we do our emails? Because... Yeah, let's fly through them. Right. First first one of mine. You left last Sunday. Mm-hmm. So a week ago, you've been away a week. Um, you travelled for nine hours and you were still in the UK. Yeah, bad journey. One of the worst I've had, actually. We were supposed to... I'll, I, I'm actually, I was quite calm in the situation, but you know that I'm not very good with things like this, but we're supposed to be at Heathrow at 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. I still wasn't past Milton Keynes. And I was like, I'm not going to a man. I'm going to have to get on the next flight there. And then your driver was like, like, we're just going to have a quick pit stop. And you're like, what? The driver's like, do you want a coffee? And pulled into some services. I was like, I think we're going to be on the minutes, mate. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'll be fine. I'll just have a quick wee and just get back in the car. And he's like, all right, how long should we have then? I was like, minus 20 minutes, please. Yeah, Ian. please can you put your foot down? <laughs> Honestly, because it snowed that day. Yeah. Actually, it worked out quite well, though, because I got to the airport and was literally straight on the plane. But then we sat on the plane for two hours because the de-icer wasn't working for the wings. I was thinking, how important is that? And actually, it's really important because the wings wouldn't have worked otherwise. So I'm glad they sorted that out. <laughs> you would have been in a plane. You'd have been in a submarine. Yeah, shambles, really. So yeah, I'd, I'd text you, didn't I, saying I've been travelling for nine hours and I'm still in the UK. What a shambles. Yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, I think I've, I've had an afternoon nap. I've woken up, made some dinner and you'd still not left. 
Freya fell asleep on the plane and woke up and thought we were there because we weren't moving. And we're like, no, babe, we're still on Heathrow's Terminal 4. Oh, shocker. Yeah. Um, Speaking of shockers, we were sat just before I left to go to a man. We were sat in my living room having a bit of a chat. And you claimed, which is just an incredible, incredible thing for you to say, that you didn't know the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. And you actually said, you said, is that the one with the three wolves? where they blow the house down. Yeah. And so you actually made a hybrid of a fairy tale that is ingrained in so many people's memories. I I got, we we made Goldilocks and the Three Wolves. You made. (laughs) (laughs) Because you didn't, you didn't think that porridge was associated with Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And I was like, what? No, I just thought it was a winter thing that you have. (laughs) It is, but... (laughs) honestly how you get through life without people holding your hand actually surprises me every day i see i've not seen anyone for a week i'm struggling right so i've been on my own have you finished that story sorry yeah so i've been on my own and i thought on wednesday i'll treat myself have a little bath and as i'm shaving my legs i'm in the bath and i think Do you ever hate anyone you've never met? Because the first woman that to ever shave her body, I hate her. Because why is it that women have to shave their bodies and men don't? (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me the story about when you got in a cold bath this week because you didn't check the temperature before you got in. No, that was that was two days later. That was yesterday, and that was a bad day. Yeah, actually, this ties in quite nicely with a few people I hate. Whoever decided. It didn't really affect me that much, but whoever decided that you drive on different sides of the road in different countries, like, why is that? What's that about? Yeah, yeah. See, and, this is a thing for debate. And whoever decided that plugs should look different in different countries, so you got to spend 20 quid at the airport with your adapters because you forget them every single time you travel. <laughs> yeah, every, and every single time you travel, you buy a worldwide one because you don't really know what you're after. Yeah. Thankfully, it's, it's actually English plug sockets here, so I like the people of Oman. Please with them. <laughs> but, but you bought a worldwide plug socket because you needed one. <laughs> and that was my 17th that I've got over the last three years. What a waste. It's like them travel pillows. You get a new one every time you go to the airport because you always forget yours. Yeah. So, yeah, I reckon there's a lot of people around the world that hate somebody that they've never met because of a certain something. Yeah. I hate the first woman yeah. that shaved her legs. Makes sense. I think I found another one of your LBWs. Okay. I think you're the only person that I know that will shower before you go to a training session. And I find it odd because you know you're going to get sweaty. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, Actually, <laughs> I've got something to admit. I shower on a Friday morning before training. Yeah. Um, But Thursday is normally a day off. So don't I don't shower. This. You shouldn't admit this. Why? Because you can't not shower. I mean, people don't shower. Yeah, like homeless people who don't have access to a shower. A lot of people shower daily. I never shower on a Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Thursday's a bad day for you. But then then I find it really weird that you're getting a shower on a Friday morning just because you've not showered on 
the Thursday. I find it odd because you know you're going oh, to yeah. get sweaty in the gym. Look, if I was going out on a Thursday and I wasn't just sitting on the sofa, so if I was going to meet a friend or out for breakfast, lunch, whatever, I would shower. But for the last like three weeks, I've sat in the house all, for, all day Thursday, so I haven't showered. So I have to shower Friday morning. Mm, find it weird. But I do shower Monday, Wednesday before training as well, but that's just later on in the day. I find it really weird. Mm. I do you just shower don't when you smell. get back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know, right? Do you know what it is? You always go to training with certain people that have a bit of a sniff. You're a bit smelly. I don't want to be that person. Yeah, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because training kit normally doesn't hold sweat well. Hmm. I had a message on Instagram this week. And normally I don't don't read too much into these DMs that I get. And it was Was off a well, funny you should say that, Crossy, because it was off a woman. Never heard of her. Hello. This might be slightly odd. But we are cousins. Okay. So put it in the group chat. Yeah, so put it in the family group chat, being like, anyone heard of this lady? My dad was like, never heard of her. Mum, never heard of her. My brother, never heard of her. So this woman (laughs) thinks that we're related. None of my family have heard of her. (laughs) Have you messaged her back? No, because what what if she's weird? I think you should message her back explore this option because you don't know you might have like a long lost relative somewhere and she might be or you might be her only family that she can get in touch with might have been a really brave move for her to message you Al I know that is and I was just about to say I can't be bothered with another family member but now you've said that I might be her only one you've made me feel a bit guilty especially around Christmas time oh I feel like you need to investigate this and come back to us okay I will um how many more sticky notes have you got Okay, um, I've got one which we've been given permission to talk about and it's quite a big topic, so we need to address it properly. Okay. Our big friend of the podcast, Henry Two Fingers, yes. made an announcement on Twitter recently. He did. And if anyone has got the pleasure of following them on social media, they'll know exactly what we're talking about. But they have come out recently as trans non-binary, which is an amazing thing to do. I'm so proud Honestly, of them. Honestly, I'm so proud of them. Like, that was a big thing for them to do. And we tried to support them as much as we can throughout this journey. The fact that Henry Two Fingers is now going to be known as... Well, the reason that I brought it up was because someone replied to that message saying what does this mean for the drinking game now so I spoke to Henry and said how do you want us to do this because you're a big part of the podcast and they said that they are more than trusting of how we will do this so we have decided that if you are playing the drinking game throwback Henry two fingers is no more and instead H two fingers H two fingers I mean They've been H to us for a very long time. Yeah, they have. It's not news to us. Um, But for anyone that is listening to the pod and when we then now refer to H or Hen or Henners, Henry will from now on not be mentioned. It's H, Hen or Henners. I am so proud of them for telling their story and, and coming out and saying that, though, because for somebody that works in the public eye, you know, works for the ECB, 
like doing something like that is a is a huge huge move and will inspire so many more people you know what amazed me the most and it shouldn't have amazed me but it did was how brilliant the comments were so many people said how fantastic it was to see cricket being so inclusive and especially at a time in cricket's life where it's it's having troubles let's be honest to have the response that they got from their announcement was just so so good to see um and I think that was what made it even more special for me to read was how many people congratulated them on getting to that part of the journey and it's not over yet the journey's not over yet but it was a big big move so h2 fingers there we go um on my sticky note, I don't think we've spoken about this topic on the podcast. And I feel like it's because we don't necessarily go through this quite often. But there are a lot of young girls out there that do. And on Wednesday, I felt a bit under the weather. Got sent home from training. And it turns out I'm actually ill. But I had my first period for six months. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was just like, oh, my God, like I've forgotten what this feels like. And it's actually for athletes. It changes the way you train so much. You know what? That's really ironic that you say this, because I've been having loads of problems with my back at the minute, like just getting really stiff and tight more than usual, because obviously I do get that because I'm a fast bowler. But it's all like transferring into my hips and I'm really struggling when I sit down for too long, like it's hurting to stand up. And the first question that our physio asked me yesterday was are you due on and I said no I'm on the pill so no I shouldn't be a due on for a while now that day I came on and I was like are you some sort of magician because what how have you what what and he said oh all those symptoms they completely fit with like period time and he said you know that's just where you've got to be a bit careful when you're on or when you're due on because things don't quite work the same as they would do if you're not yeah, so on Monday it? at training, like over the weekend and like on Monday at training, we were diving. I was like, oh, my boobs are a bit tender. And I was like, that's really strange because I'm definitely not due on my period slash I don't have them. Um, and I got a bit niggly and I hurt my groin and I was like, oh. And I thought of Harman Preet because she always gets a little bit niggly around the time of her period. So I was like, maybe I am going to come on. Wednesday, I came on my period and I I'd, I'd, had a little niggle, yeah. And I've been you know ill what? since. something that we... <laughs> <laughs> hey at least you're not pregnant be a, um, be a miracle would be um this <laughs> this um it's something that we don't often talk about do we because we have quite um a lot of men that listen to this podcast so it's not something that guys in particular find comfortable talking about but it's definitely a bit of a taboo subject with female athletes but do you remember Rajasthan Royals did an incredible video in last year's IPL and they used all the male players to talk about periods and buying sanitary products and it was just amazing because I've never seen any male athletes talk about it either yeah no it wasn't and that's why I thought actually like whenever we're on our periods we don't talk about it and I just wanted to get it out there well we do me and you do but we don't talk about it on the podcast yeah and I reckon we've got thousands of young girls that listen that you know might actually feel quite embarrassed if there are cricket training on their periods but we as a Lancashire group or a Thunder group, sorry, have, have all had like a lesson on periods, if that makes sense. So we've done like loads of chat about it and what can happen coming up to your periods. And we actually fill out a questionnaire now every single day. And one of the questions is your new period. And the coaching staff have done the education as well. So like on Friday, our bowling coach is like, 
are you on your period? <laughs> so, yeah, I am. <laughs> that always used to be a thing, wasn't it? When a woman was like sad or angry, they'd be like, feed you on. Like, like shut yeah. up. <laughs> I will kill yes, you. I am. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, is that your trough of the week, being on your period? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. Shall we uh, do some quick questions? <laughs> Okay, who do you want to go upstairs with this week, Al? Well, I'm clearly missing Sue because I told Mark Wood to see you soon. Sue, that was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> who do you want to go upstairs with? I'm happy to go up with Sue. We've not been up with yeah. Anna for a while. Oh, why don't we take them both up then? Right, upstairs with Sue and Anna, let's go. So we've had one here and Henry forwards these emails on to us and he started it by saying too long to read but funny but I'm going to cut it down because it's worth talking about okay so um, a guy has sent us an email in saying that when they were in their early 20s they went to visit a friend at Oxford University for the weekend and they had a bit of a boozy weekend by the sound of it and it got to dinner time and they suggested having a takeaway but his friend Alyssa said that she was going to a college formal and that he should join her for it pointed out that he was only in t-shirt and trainers and trousers hardly formal attire but she said not to worry about it just borrow a shirt from a friend and as such he lent me a very bright orange and blue shirt now I assume they both knew the truth because lo and behold I arrive at the dinner and everyone is in black tie and (laughs) gowns like those Harry Potter robe things that people wear at university and I stood out like a spare prick at a wedding and worst of all the dean of the university was right had to walk right past me to get to his seat to make matters even worse I drank through at least one bottle of wine which came to the table only for a girl sat opposite me to ask where her two bottles were that she would paid for in advance oh no he didn't dare tell her that he'd polished them off anyway no cricket involved but hopefully your dad will feel better knowing he's not as big a tit as I am <laughs> very good that's from Joe I'm naming and shaming naming and shaming has your dad got over that yet he listened to the pod, messaged me saying he'd listen to it. He's, he's up to date. He said he had a little giggle. Yeah, good, good. Hi, Kate and Alex. Having listened to the recent podcast, I thought I'd email in to say that, like Alex, I find my index finger roams around while holding a mug or a glass or really anything that you'd wrap your hand around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even a cricket bat. <laughs> When I look at my grip, I find my index finger is pointing straight out and only my other three fingers are actually wrapped around the bat. Please keep exposing all these LBWs that we all have. Nice. Is that the one that's titled How I Hold a Mug? Yeah. Intro, this one's titled. Hi both, Samuel here. Just wondering, why in your intro do you've got Alex getting hit for a six? Thanks, Samuel. (laughs) Because... We've spoke about this in previous episodes, but when I lost my England contract, we decided to do this podcast. So we thought it was very apt that you were taking a wicket, being a current England player, and me getting hit for a six, not being a current England player. (laughs) We actually have asked Henry to find something from the 100 where we're both featuring, aren't we? Because I think there was a wicket that you bowled and I caught for you. And I wonder if we could find that. Maybe that can be a new intro for us. Maybe that can be our intro during the 100. Maybe, yeah. Good evening to both of you. Long time listener, second time emailer. I love listening to your podcast with Woody tonight and had a 
And what a lovely guy he is. Agus has also done an interview with him and his wife on Project Ashes, which was really insightful. I'm a put the bread knife back in the rack after use person and I'm a Twizzler in the shower, apart from when I'm doing my hair and then I have to face forward to do your hair. What, so the water gets your face? Surely oh, no. your face back so it hits your face your before it hits your hair. Yeah, you've got to go backwards if you're doing your hair, surely. Anyway, that's Lee. Twizzler in the shower. Dear Kate and Alex, Georgie here from fellow podcast Women's Cricket Chat. I just want to put it out there that I believe more wine can be consumed all year round. And I always keep a bottle in the cupboard, even for those cold English summer months when you feel you have to be outside. Does this make me a psychopath, Georgie? Georgie, I'll tell you what. The people that are just listening and don't not massive mulled wine drinkers, it does make you a psychopath, but I will join you with that because how good is mulled wine? Is that a little bit like when you eat um, hot cross buns at any other time rather than Easter? Yeah. Like, can you buy a hot cross bun unless it's March time? I don't think you can. If I go to Tesco now, I don't think I can get a hot cross bun. No, I don't think you can. I bet there's people that leave them in the freezer because they've got them all year round. I bet you're right. Hi, that, Crossy. I tell you what, hot, wait, wait there, hot cross bun, you have to clean the bread knife after that. Yeah, sticky. Got syrup on it. Mm. Hi, Crossy and Al. We were listening to the latest pod and the dress code misunderstanding. This reminds me of being inappropriately dressed for work. Some years ago, I went to a Bond theme party after work. Rather than dressing in a dinner jacket, as most of the guys did, I went a bit rogue and dressed in a sailor's commander's uniform. The night was good. A few of us ended up at a friend's house, all fine, until the next day, with no change of clothes, I had to get on the tube to work fully dressed as a sailor. I got a few odd looks, but it was a bit embarrassing explaining that one to the office. (laughs) Do you know what I love as well? I love when friends tell one person that it's fancy dress night and they that one person turns up in fancy dress and they're just in their normal clothes it's one of my favorite things did you always like when you were at college go out like midweek so like Wednesday was our day to go out so we'd end up going out on a Wednesday and I remember so many times like turning up to college the next day in like a where's Wally outfit because I hadn't (laughs) been home from the night before (laughs) but knowing you you'd just do that anyway that wouldn't surprise him a bit honestly I've this one night I turned up to college the next day thinking oh my god this is so embarrassing I'm dressed full head to toe in where's Wally went in the common room there's like six where's Wally's (laughs) (laughs) none of my mates had gone home either love that hi Kate and Alex I'm just listening to last week's podcast the one where you talk about the Christmas markets and I came across the story of the couple where the boyfriend listens to the podcast in complete harmony I'm here to say to this legend of a man, I do the same thing. To the girlfriend who sent the email, I will occasionally chuck on a podcast while doing something, but mostly not, probably because I'm giving full attention to the task at hand. I also have a serious question about cricket. Yes, Shock horror, they've written. I'm an opening quick, and last weekend I had a game and I bowled terribly. This must be someone from Australia or somewhere, because I hope they're not playing in England. I got dragged off after my second over, conceding a grand total of 20 runs, including two sixes, two wides and one no ball. I got really and I mentally unraveled out there in the middle, even to the point where I was considering booting the bowler's end stumps out the ground after the second six. 
I figured that if anyone could give me any piece of advice to help me with this, it would be the pair of you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's well bold, isn't it? Well bold, son. I don't well, know why you didn't get it over. Good day for us, that. Keep up the great work, and I hope Alex has an enjoyable pre-season. Um, so, yeah, we're we're best placed to give them some advice on what happens when you get hit for loads of runs. I'd take to fall in two overs for 20. Um, no, but seriously, you've just... It's really hard. I'm guessing it was a t- 2020. Otherwise, <laughs> if it's a four-day game, you have had a shot. Um, you, you've just, you're actually... You're quite bad for this. You've punched stumps before, haven't you? You've, like... You've got quite angry on a pitch. I... I've got a bit of a claim to fame. Okay. I am the only English women's cricketer to have been banned. (laughs) (laughs) Was that when you um, punched the stumps? Yeah, so I bowled the ball. Yeah, (laughs) it was on a live stream. (laughs) Bowled a ball and he got hit to backward point. He went through their legs for four. I turned around and kicked the stumps. And got banned. I got banned for one game. ECB doubled it to two. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I'll give some advice for this then. So, we've I'm sure we spoke about this on the podcast, but Lachlan, you need to be able to evaluate, honestly, how you bowled. Because sometimes in cricket, a really good ball could go for four or six. And you've got to just know what your plan was when you're at the back of your run-up. And it, whether a batter has hit a good shot or whether they've, you know, snicked one for four and you've been a bit unlucky. So you've got to be able to evaluate in the moment, which is a really difficult skill to do, isn't it? You've got to almost practice that in training as well. However, it does say that you bowled two wides and a no ball. So I'm guessing that they probably weren't the balls that you wanted to bowl. And it's cricket. You have good days, you have bad days. The beauty like, of being a bowler, though. You get to go again. Yeah. If you, if a batter snicks off first, ball of the game that's your day done at least a bowl you've got the opportunity to come back and have another spell it do you know what as well cricket you have more bad days than good days and one bad day doesn't define you like and one bad season doesn't define you like I've had plenty of bad seasons you know I've lost my England contract but it doesn't define me as a human being I'm still a cricketer still enjoy playing cricket um you know it's it's only a game and remember you started playing because you enjoyed it so it's not the end of the world Really not the end of the world. Um, I actually, we played a little warm-up game yesterday here in Oman. I say warm-up game, it was a practice game amongst ourselves. And I had an over, I think it went for 19. Um, I just got it so wrong. I tried to bowl an off-cutter and I slipped out my hand and nearly hit this guy in the throat. Um, so I was warned, <laughs> <laughs> nearly taken out of the attack. But it was a learning curve. I know that I need to practice my, my cutters. So yeah, it happens yeah. often. Move on. It can happen. Have a beer and move on. Yeah, I agree. Alex and Kate, my work colleague informed me the other week that she brushes her teeth before going to the gym at 6am. Gets home, showers, eats breakfast before heading to work. She also brushes her teeth for a second time before leaving. Is this psychopath behaviour? No, it's hygienic. (laughs) No, that's normal for me. If anything, it's probably a tiny bit odd that she's going to the gym at 6am. Yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> get up and go for a run in the morning, do you brush your teeth before you go? Sometimes I do. I feel like with running, though, you know you're not going to come into contact with anyone, so it's okay. Whereas going into another building, 
and being around people, I would want to brush my teeth for that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've got a feeling that when I run and I don't brush my teeth, I feel really salivary and I have to spit a lot. If I brush my teeth, I don't. It's really weird. Mm, that is weird. Never had that. Yeah. I've got an LBW of my own. We've already had three of yours in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're not here, I sleep with the bedroom door open. But when you are here, I sleep with it shut. The only people that I know that sleep with the bedroom door open are four-year-old children. Scared of the dark. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, I know. It's weird, isn't Why? it? Why? Um, it started in the summer because that bedroom is like a furnace. It's so hot that I kept the bedroom door open to like, let the breeze come in because I can't sleep with the window open because it's so loud because of the trams and I'm a really light sleeper. And now I've just got into the habit of when you're not here, the door's open. I mean, I feel like you were blaming me a little bit there. Like there's not really a lot that I can do about the temperature of that room. No, it's um, not your fault. Well, you, it sounded quite aggressive, actually. <laughs> I was quite, it hit me. Um, there's only so much I can do about temperature. I can make things hotter. It's quite hard to make things cooler when you don't have air conditioning. Um, secondly, <laughs> also, I can't control the trams outside again. No. So not my fault. No, no, no. Um, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you at all. This, this part it really did sound like you were blaming Sorry. me. Sorry, I just, it was quite passive aggressive, wasn't it? It just felt a bit unnecessary. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that is weird that you sleep with the door open. Yeah, it is. I always think like you won't hear a burglar coming in if the door's open, whereas you'd hear the door opening. Crossy, I'm the lightest sleeper in the world. I wake up when you get out of bed and you're not even in the same room. What do you say? To, you said something that you said like you hear my electric toothbrush in the bathroom when I'm when I am in there. Yeah, if you brush your teeth late at night, I'm like, I can hear that. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Guys, we don't know what has happened this week. It might be the best episode. It could possibly be our worst episode. (laughs) But thank you to our Ashes correspondent. Mash's correspondent. Sorry, Mash's correspondent. By the time we do this next episode, the first test match will be done. Yeah. So good luck to the England men in the Mashes. The men in the Ashes, Mashes. Mashes. And you're doing washes prep. Our washes don't start till January. Don't worry about that just yet. Just think about the mashes. Okay. Good luck, boys. Thank We're you really, very really, much really listening. rooting for you. We hope you win the shepherd's pie. <laughs> I've lost the plot. <laughs> um, don't forget to email us on noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk. It's so it's good. It's so good. They've said it twice. They've said it twice. Just before we go really quickly, I've got a new favourite thing that Henry keeps doing, and I think we should let people know about it. Oh, yeah. He adds something in at the very, 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 very end of every episode, right after all the adverts and the next podcast and blah, blah. There's always a little snippet and it's worth listening to, so listen to it. But, yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England we're looking for. Hartley falls down the track, comes scoring this time, chicken axe. It's either six or out, it's six.
BBC Sounds. June 2008. Across the London skyline, a helicopter emerges. It lands at Lord's Cricket Ground. Emerging from the helicopter is a tall, brash Texan called Alan Stanford. And he's come with a load of money and a revolutionary idea to change cricket. One night, one game, winner take all, 20 US million dollars. What was to follow was one of the most extraordinary stories to ever hit sport. This guy smells to high heaven. He fooled important people. I'm Greg James, and you can hear Alan Stanford, the man who bought cricket, by searching for sports' strangest crimes on BBC Sounds. Big <laughs> Alex. <laughs>